Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk radio live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And by the way, we will give you a chance to win some tickets to the uh, iHeartRadio uh, Music Festival in Vegas. So you want to stay with us for that. So we got uh, three hours to spend together today. Hopefully it will be an easy listen, and we're happy to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about, including later on. Are you ready for mask mandates to come back? Some companies are starting to roll them out. So we'll get into that and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, including perhaps the final days of Jimmy Carter. Of course, he's almost 99, but uh, his uh, grandson said we're getting to the very end of that. But we want to start to circle back. Uh, to the catastrophe in Maui, because as you know, President uh, Biden made the trip finally uh, there yesterday, and uh, he was performing a modern American tradition, an obligation of presidents to be the shoulder to cry on when catastrophes happen. This is now almost uh, uh, a constitutional requirement, like the State of the Union address. If some disaster happens that's big enough, the president must go. Otherwise, the president is a bad person, an indifferent and callous, a heartless you-know-what. And, of course, when he does show up, there are people saying he's only here to exploit it politically. He doesn't really care, et cetera, et cetera. There's really no winning in these situations. Meanwhile, uh, ABC correspondent Alex Stone has the very latest from Maui. Alex, how are you? Hey there, Doug. Uh, doing well. And, uh, yeah, so the, the president spent about four hours on the ground, uh, landed, uh, then went and, and toured Lahaina, then... Uh, gave some remarks uh, with other officials and went to a community event. There was uh, live Hawaiian music, prayed with the, uh, the the local residents, and then 
uh, met with some others, and then it was back to vacation in Lake Tahoe where he is uh, today. But the the big headline coming out of the, the effort today, there was a headline that they are 100% done searching, but then there was a little bit of a side note to that. That is of single-family homes or single-level homes, one-story homes, not of multi-level homes, not of commercial buildings. They're only now going to begin doing those. So this is not everything. We were getting a number up until now every day, and it was going up 39%, 52%, of an overall number. Now they're saying, well, it's 100%. Minus all of these other buildings that they still have to do. So the governor a few minutes ago came out to our team saying the numbers are going to go up, the the number of dead, based on the buildings they still have to go through. He he said this. We do expect to see a lot more loss of life. It's going to be tragic. I want to brace everyone for that. And then we will come together and do what we can to rebuild our lives. He says it's going to take about a week or two to search the multi-level and uh, commercial buildings and it's going to be delicate. They've got to get through the multiple floors as the buildings burned and then collapsed floor by floor on, on top of the, the other floors. And anybody who was inside the buildings, that the buildings collapsed onto them. So he says this is going to be a while that, yes, they're done with the single level homes, but a lot more work left to do. And he says those buildings are very fragile and they have to use um, some additional equipment to peel back uh, some of the like the levels of floors that collapsed. So in order to do it right, that takes a little bit more time. In some cases, they'll have to suspend dogs and firefighting personnel over the area, which is a very delicate and dangerous process. So the, the mayor, Doug, is saying there's around 850 people who are still missing. The The fear is that at least some of those are in the, the remains that they now have to get into those restaurants and art galleries and apartment buildings and homes that had two levels, all of that. They're not in there yet. They're beginning that today where it is, what, about uh, 10 in the morning right now. The, the FEMA teams are getting ready, but they've got a lot of work left to do. Probably a week to two weeks left of searching in the buildings that may have had a, a lot of people in them. Alex, who's actually physically doing the searching? It's uh, FEMA teams, L.A. County uh, Search and Rescue, uh, yeah, from Washington, Nevada, Maryland, Indiana has gone. Local fire departments uh, that are all part of the, the FEMA task forces. Uh, we have seen over the years, you know, with our own catastrophes, uh, after the Northridge earthquake, for instance, the video uh, being sent out was obviously a very big incident, but it looked like California had been flattened. You know, you see shot after shot of, you know, flames shooting out of ruptured gas lines, et cetera, and freeway overpasses collapsed, et cetera. What does Maui look like when you get outside of Lahaina? If you are flying in, and in fact, the, the White House pool reporter yesterday said as they were flying in that they didn't see anything. If you're flying in, you wouldn't notice a thing. Uh, Lahaina is the only area. There were some other fires on that same day. There, there are some burn spots here and there that if you're driving around, you'll see in the, in the upcountry and, and other parts. But if you don't fly over the postage stamp that is Lahaina, you, it, everything looks totally normal. And there's the wet side of the island, the, the airport side that looks very green and lush. There is a dry side of the island where Canapali and Wailea are, and they are very dry and, and brown. And until you get to Lahaina, nothing has burned. And so that is why the governor last night, to the dismay of some on the island, there has always been a fight over tourism on Maui, said Maui is open 
please come back. Not Canapali, not the west side, not Lahaina, obviously. But if you're going to Wailea or around the airport or, uh, you know, a couple other areas where there are resorts and hotels and Airbnbs, come on out. They need the money. They just got through the pandemic. They were hit hard by the pandemic. So the industry, the tourism industry is saying, Governor, we are ready send people back out here so we put out that announcement now if you're staying in canapali where many people if they've got something booked uh, on maui they're probably there that's where the the west end and the hyatt and marriott vacation club and sheridan that uh the the governor believes it's probably going to be october before that area is really ready to go maybe late october but if you're anywhere else or you you're looking to do something whereas a week ago you know everybody on the island kind of looked at you like what are you doing here get out of here now the the governor is saying, "Come." They, they well, want this people. is this is exactly what happened after nine eleven when then Mayor Giuliani in New York was saying, "Come to New York, go to the restaurants, take in a Broadway show." It's a bloat. This was an economic attack, uh, a terrorist attack on the city of New York, in addition to the attack that it represented on America. And part of the recovery was to resume normal commerce. And for a place that is based, the economy is based, let's face it, on tourism, it's hugely impactful for people who have lost their homes and loved ones and additionally, uh, their income. Well, totally. Uh, although you do have the population on most of the Hawaiian islands, but especially on Maui, angry that tourists would already be coming back. There has been a lot of anger toward outsiders, whether it be the, the media or even FEMA, so there is a rumor running around right now on the island that FEMA is there to take your land, mm. that if you take their money, the $700, which there's also anger about that, that it's only $700 right now. What do you do in Hawaii with 700 bucks? That's not one night in a hotel. That's not much gas, not much food. But if you take their $700, and then you are giving up your land to FEMA. And so FEMA is now having to go out there and get a message out there that they are not there. Here's how they're putting it. The the uh, FEMA folks uh, are saying, look, we're not here for we're it. We're here to be an asset for you. One of the many options that you can take advantage of. So when you hear these ridiculous um, rumors out there, nobody wants your land. By law, we don't do that. So there's a lot of misinformation that's out there right now as well. But but one of those big rumors going around that people truly believe is keep FEMA away from you. If they come to talk to you, they just want your land. The, the federal government is trying to take the land and develop it the way that they want. FEMA is saying, look, we're here to help. Well, you this can is, trust us, but that trust isn't there. Look, this is the, the tenor of the times we live in. There's always been a certain amount of that uh, that exists, even going back to the early days of American history, the distrust of authority, but it's fueled by social media and just the tenor of the times, the paranoia, the fear of authority. And the history of Hawaii and, and the conflict and fear of imperialists coming in. I mean, there's so much there, such a history and a culture that that uh, has people unsure of those who are coming in. But now yeah. this, uh, this rumor running around. All right, Alex, uh, as always, thanks so much. That's uh, ABC's Alex Stone reporting from Maui. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Doug McIntyre in for John and Ken. Coming up later on this hour, are you ready for the mask mandates to return? Some companies start to require their employees to mask up again, so we'll get into that. And so much more throughout the course of the afternoon. Uh, in the meantime, just a quick follow-up on the Maui story. So President Biden went to Maui uh, yesterday 
to be the shoulder to cry. And this is a ceremonial uh, requirement of modern presidents. You didn't have to do this in the horse and buggy days, you know, the pre-Wright brothers days. You weren't obligated to hop uh, an iron horse and get out to the scene of some catastrophe somewhere. But in the modern era, in TV age, if a president doesn't show up and show empathy after a part of the country, some horrible shooting or catastrophe has taken place, you're a heartless you-know-what. Uh, but then there are always going to be X number of people because it's a politician who don't like that politician who are going to say, well, they're not doing enough or they got there late. What took them so long? And we kind of talked about this a bit yesterday, that presidents have learned that they're an imposition onto emergency first responders in an affected area to just show up in the middle of a catastrophe. So they wait a few days. And then, of course, the people who don't like them are out there with picket signs and they were out there yesterday. Uh, saying, go home, Joe, what took you so long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and when you looked at the pictures, of course, it's a handful of people. I mean, really a handful of people. And most of them were carrying Trump 2024 banners. Uh, and, and this, by the way, happened when Donald Trump went to places, too. Anytime anything happened and Donald Trump went anywhere when he was president, the anti-Trump people were out in force, usually vast numbers, you know, yelling at the motorcade, et cetera, et cetera. The thing is, why do we bother to report it? This was page one of yesterday's New York Post because of the ideological bent. They wanted to make it like all Hawaiians, those laid back Hawaiians had gotten up in arms because Joe Biden dared to show up. Guess what? Hawaii is going to vote Democratic 85 percent in the next election. So it's not really a story, but this has become the way news gets reported. I saw this other story totally unconnected. The Air Force Academy uh, in Colorado, they got a football team, right? Big time college football team. And like everybody, they like to sell merchandise, helmets and jerseys, et cetera. So they have alternate jerseys. And they've got a design for this coming season that honors the Doolittle Raiders from World War II when Jimmy Doolittle flew B-25s off an aircraft carrier and they bombed Tokyo right shortly a month after Pearl Harbor. And it did very little damage, but it was a psychological blow to say, we can come get you too. And the helmets have B-25s, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody at the Academy likes it. It's a point of pride for the Air Force. It was a great, amazing mission for the Air Force back in the day. And what does the headline say? Air Force unveils football uniform honoring World War II raid on Japan. Not everyone is happy. You gotta be kidding me. Let me ask this question, Eric. And, uh, when is everybody happy about Never. anything? Never, especially in sports, too. <laughs> in anything. Walk down the hallway and try to get your coworkers to agree on whether you're getting from Panda Express or Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is always happy. You can't get a group. But for some reason, and, and I, I don't know why this has happened. Well, the, the headline didn't even, like identify what Who? the jersey it's, it's people on twitter it's you know so we we just have to we just have to stop reporting this i mean yes if there is some kind of a groundswell and i think people can feel it when there's a genuine blowback against something but we've gotten to the point where we report stuff where we feel obligated to just say and part of this is because of the political culture that we're living in that if you're in the news business, for instance, if you're the Lester Holt show on NBC and you do some story and you don't have at least a sentence in there that says something about the opposite point of view, then those people will say, oh, you're in the tank for fill in the blank. You, you know, you're, you're just doing, uh, you know, softballs for whoever it is. So, 
you know, they end up going to Twitter you know, and go, or X or whatever it's called this week. It's Twitter for me forever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just saw that and thought, geez, that's weird. It's like we got to stop it. Now, the football helmets, some not everybody is happy. Well, I want to know. I want to know who the people are who are always happy. All right. So this story is really getting crazier and crazier. As you know, there's a there's a diabetes drug called Ozempic. That's uh, an injectable. And it's very important for people who suffer from diabetes. Uh, but apparently one of the side effects, the kinds of things that they would say can cause this and this and this and this and this and weight loss and people are weight loss. Ooh, it can cause weight loss. So people started going to the doctors, uh, you know, whatever they're just waving a $20 bill or whatever and getting Ozempic, even if they weren't diabetics to the point where some diabetics are actually having trouble getting their prescriptions filled, but people lose weight from these drugs. And the company that makes this stuff, Novo Nordics, it's a Danish company, has made so much money from Ozempic and this other drug called Wagovi that it's actually, it's actually changing the value of the Danish currency. <laughs> it's brought so much money into Denmark. The market value of Denmark's biggest company has risen by more than a third so far this year to $419 billion, bigger than the country's gross domestic product of about $406 billion. So the company that makes this drug, you know, that's a diabetic drug, but it's being used as weight loss. Now, here's the thing. Can you imagine, look at how much eating we're doing in America now. Can you imagine if we ever actually come up with a pill that you, you can knock back a double cheese stuffed pepperoni pizza and throw a pill down? Oh, my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would have dessert five times a day, every day. We would end up having our jaws. We'd have carpal tunnel of the jaw from chewing. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't care. These are the finest minds that science can offer up. And I'm still betting that the American stomach can out-eat the best minds in science. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of 
Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Doug McIntyre in for John and Ken. We have a busy second hour as well. And uh, we're going to talk about really an alarming spike in suicides, including three young people at Harvard Westlake who committed suicide apparently in a very short period of time to get behind what all that is and we went from sputnik with the russian space program to kaputnik as a rocket hit the moon and uh, we'll get into that as well and donald trump is supposed to surrender in georgia on thursday so we'll talk with andy feld about that uh coming up next hour uh meanwhile are you prepared for the comeback of mask mandates now i saw this story and said okay here we go uh lionsgate one of the big hollywood studios sent an email to staff asking them to mask up on certain floors of its Santa Monica office after several employees caught the virus. And they're also asking employees to conduct self-screening before coming to the office. And this is all because of the new variant, which is called EG.5. Uh, it's become the dominant uh, variant of, uh, uh, of coronavirus in the U.S. And the CDC website says hospital admissions are up 14% nationally this week. Now, uh, I have been traveling a lot. I was at a wedding last Saturday, a week ago Saturday in Boston. And then I was at a funeral. I was at book signings. Uh, I've been on planes. And I've been at KFI. And guess what? Uh, I'm getting text messages and emails from people saying, by the way, I just thought you should know, tested positive for uh, COVID. So it's out there. It's floating around. But here's the thing. I'm not sure that Lionsgate wants these people to mask up uh, because of COVID. I'm thinking they want people to mask up so they can get George Clooney into Lionsgate without getting in trouble with SAG-AFTRA. You think that's a possibility, Deborah? Yeah, I do, actually. They yeah. could bring A-listers in to oh, do yeah. looping or something to oh. do some pickup scenes. Absolutely. And as long as they could say, well, it's a public health thing, that wasn't a major movie star. But uh, the truth is, is that... I don't think that we're ever going back to what we had. Uh, I, I really don't think politically there is a politician who could survive 
the kind of level of mandates that we went through in the early days of COVID when no one knew what we were dealing with, when we were treating COVID as if it was mustard gas. And by the way, it was really, I mean, you know, people have retrospectively sort of brushed this aside as if it was nothing. It was just like the sniffles. But there were a lot of people, including my mother-in-law who died from COVID uh, very quickly in three days. I mean, there were millions of people have died from COVID. So it wasn't nothing. But now that we have vaccines and we have better treatments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I just don't think society can go back that the, the politics and not just here, by the way, this was global. This was every place that tried, except in China, of course, where they just showed up at apartment buildings and put padlocks on the doors, chains and padlocks, and they locked the people in the buildings. I like to talk about that. Uh, so the reality is, is that this is going to be with us for a long, long time, and we're just going to keep having variants, and we're just going to have to deal with it because uh, unless something shows up, which could happen, that is unbelievably toxic that we don't know what to do with, I, there's no way that any local elected official is going to be able to go down the road that we once went to. And, you know, we did things that retrospectively were just silly. And I think we knew that they were silly at the time. I remember one of the things that got Gretchen Wilder, the governor up in uh, in Michigan, made those nuts who were going to kidnap her. They made it crazy. At one point, Michigan had banned people from renting fishing boats and going out on lakes to fish. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, that's kind of social isolation. I mean, you've got the six-foot rule there pretty much uh, – in hand. So there were certain things uh, Shannon was talking about, you know, being banned from cutting the lawn, you know, mowing the lawn, unless the, the COVID virus was going to get through the grass catcher and blow out onto your neighbor's face or something uh, with the grass clippings. So for the most part, we've had to, you know, we take a risk every time we leave and we just have to live with it because uh, we can't go back. We just we, we just couldn't afford it. And in fact, the psychological impact of everything that we did going through COVID is in some ways, I think, more dramatic even than the biological impact of it. And we're talking about, I think there's probably a direct connection to this, a story that we're going to do later about the rise in suicides. I've got a story in the stack to do in that story about the huge spike in drug and alcohol consumption and abuse by middle-aged Americans, by people who are in their 40s and 50s. Uh, all of the people who are suffering for depression or have social anxiety, and even people are blaming the aberrant behavior that we see everywhere, including, you know, throwing stuff at, uh, at performance. Cardi B flung her cell phone back at some idiot who threw something at her. And I think Pink, the singer Pink, had one of the strangest homages. She was on stage and someone threw their mother's ashes on her while she was performing. Uh, boy, I'm sure mom didn't uh, have that in her will. Uh, and one guy, I can't remember his name because I don't know the name of any pop, pop stars. If they're still alive, I don't know who they are. But the bottom line is, is that one guy got hit in the head with a, an empty vodka bottle. Uh, and and in the on NBC News, the uh, Lester Holt show, they had a report on this, and somebody actually said, "Well, I think it's because of COVID. People they're not used to being in public gatherings anymore, so they don't know how to behave properly." I go really? You mean before COVID, people knew 
that it's not okay to throw an empty vodka bottle at the performer you just spent big mucks, <laughs> big money to see. And they forgot, you know, just three years later how to behave. I forgot that maybe throwing a vodka bottle at the performer is probably not the right thing to do when you're in society. So, you know, people have used all kinds of excuses on this. Uh, and I doubt that that's actually uh, what's up when it comes to the bad behavior. Uh, there, But we are in a... One of the things that has definitely struck me as you move around the country is because we got used to living our life on Zoom or in almost total isolation, that there's no question that people have forgotten how to dress. I mean, it used to be if, if Uncle Carl showed up in the middle of the block in his uh, in his uh, pajamas, the family used to quickly go out and grab him and try to pull him back into the house you know, and say, oh, no, Uncle Carl, stay out of the Harvey's Bristol cream and the dry sack on the rocks. You can't walk around the neighborhood in your pajamas. People are on planes in their pajamas. They're in Gelson's in their pajamas routinely. I mentioned yesterday that I was at the bank, a rare in-bank appearance for me. And the teller working in the bank, I thought it was somebody who had been standing in line with us. <laughs> I mean, she was wearing a T-shirt that, you know, if she wore it to KFI, it would raise eyebrows. <laughs> and you know how radio people dress. Look at what I'm wearing. Yeah, you always look a mess. Well, I am wearing a thong. That was uncomfortable. Oh, people thought I was I was pant pantless today. I'm going to have to show you my pants. Yeah, it was a big to-do. I'm really going to come to the radio station not wearing pants, but people... Well, you know, we have that. Dress Down Friday. We can yeah, have naked. Pant Pantless Tuesday, Yeah, you know? Half naked. Why not? Yogi Bear got away with it. Although Donald Duck never wore pants, and, you know, he got into Disneyland. So uh, it can happen. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that we, we a lot of the things that used to be sort of just accepted societal behavior just went away because... We lived for a couple of years in these little bubbles where we did things, for instance, a lot of Zoom meetings were pantless, especially if you were a legal, uh, you know, uh, uh, a legal uh, uh, analyst on CNN. <laughs> uh, no names mentioned, but you know who we're talking about. So the bottom line is, is that now people are out and about and they've brought some of these uh, dressed down everyday uh, concepts into their regular life. And they're acting out on it. And that's why uh, we are so reluctant. As we were talking to Alex Stone before about people think that FEMA is offering $700 in relief money to, to buy up the burned land in Lahaina and, and take it for the federal government. We are so distrustful. I can't imagine who the local mayor or governor or president in the future that can issue mandates that can shut down the U.S. economy and tell people they can't drive or they can't go out and survive politically. Now that ship has sailed. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Doug McIntyre in for John and Ken. Next hour, we'll give you a chance to win a trip to Vegas to see the iHeartRadio uh, Music Festival. We're also going to talk... With Andy Field, President Trump is supposed to surrender in Georgia on uh, all those charges. And, of course, the big uh, Republican debate coming up that he's skipping. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Russian spacecraft that smashed into the moon. They didn't mean for it to smash into the moon. They meant for it to land on the moon. But they had a little problem there. So we'll get into that. And 
this is a really sad story. We're going to ask some real questions about why are so many people offing themselves suicide way up, including three young people who tragically took their lives here locally. We'll talk about that. Jimmy and Rosalind Carter are entering the final days. According to Josh Carter, who is uh, Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter's grandson, and, of course, they're very elderly. Jimmy Carter's almost 99 years old. And, boy, you know, he has been out of office for so long that there, I wonder what percentage of Americans were not born when Jimmy Carter took office. Because he took office in 1970s. It's almost 50 years ago. That's just hard to believe. Uh, but uh, according to Josh Carter, now, uh, Rosalind Carter apparently is suffering from dementia. Uh, Josh Carter says, Jimmy, he's still fully Jimmy Carter. He's just tired. I mean, he's almost 99 years old, and I certainly understand that. I'm tired. I'm not 99 years old. So anyway, uh, we'll uh, be watching that story as uh, time marches on for everybody, even presidents, right? Hey, if you uh, are out and about on uh, September 6th, and you're looking for something to do. My lovely bride, Penny Pizer, is uh, doing an encore performance of her wonderful show, and it is wonderful, uh, called Sonics from Suburbia at the Stephanie Fury Theater as part of the Los Angeles Independent Theater Festival. And uh, that's going to be September 6th and the 20th at 7 p.m. Uh, so go track that down. That's uh, Sonics from Suburbia. And as long as I'm shamelessly plugging stuff... I have this book out that I went through the trouble of writing. It's called Frank's Shadow, and you can get it at barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. You can even get signed copies through my very own website at uh, dougmcintyre.com uh, if you are inclined to do those kinds of things. Max Muncie and Freddie Freeman's homes were robbed. Now, this has been happening a lot with ballplayers in particular, and I think one of the reasons is that everybody knows where they're going to be. Their schedules are constantly posted. You know that they're going to be in Cincinnati for three and then they're going to Atlanta for four, et cetera. Or even if they're home, you know that between the hours of uh, seven o'clock and 11 o'clock, they're going to be on the ball field, right? Uh, probably a lot earlier than that with BP and stretching and, you know, knocking back a couple of cold ones in the uh, clubhouse. That's the old days when, <laughs> when Mickey Mantle and the boys were still playing. That's when ball players were ball players. Uh, anyway, the point is that, you know, when you are publicly uh, identified as not home, then it makes your uh, home much more vulnerable. And this is why I never understand why people post their vacation schedules on social media. I don't understand why people are posting that, you know, only three more days till my dream vacation in Greece. And then, you know, people who are trolling the Internet say, great, three more days until I got myself a B&E, you know, in the San Fernando Valley or wherever you live in Orange County. You know, but when we do that, we post these things without thinking about what are the consequences. You know, a lot of parents now who are hip to this, to identity theft, have been coached. They've been told, don't post pictures of your newborn baby. Which is, you know, a reflex that we all want to do. You've got, a, you've got your first grandchild or your first child is born. You want to share it with your friends and with the world. Uh, here's, you know, welcome Doug Jr. And here's a picture of little Doug Jr. Okay. Uh, he's already got that unfortunate smirk on his face that will haunt him for his entire life. 
But whatever. You put the picture up with the birth information, how much, the, you know, the full name, and there's the birth weight, where, what hospital Doug Jr. was born in. And guess what? Your baby's identity gets swiped before you get them home from the hospital. That is so sad. It's true, though, because all of a sudden they know, boy, there's a new Social Security number being entered into the system. And it'll be years before you start needing that Social Security number. So identity thieves can grab your baby's identity before you've even gotten a kid home. So it's a new world. You know, back when people rode horses, there were a lot of horse thieves. But now uh, it, it, data is everything. And the more you post online, the more vulnerable uh, you become. All right, let's get the latest from Deborah Mark in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.